Welcome to another installment of Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough. I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the channel that compares what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. So, we're what? Two and a half weeks into almost three weeks into the new year. And gotta admit, I am just burned out on false 2024 prophecies. Uh, it's just a complete mess out there right now. And um, and so, just, just so you know, it's this, there's like no joy in like gathering up, you know, an entire episode of blasphemy uh, for the purpose of warning the body of Christ. It's a necessary work. And uh, we will be coming out with some episodes related to the 2020, uh, 2024 prophecies. Uh, most notably, uh, Prophecy Bingo. We'll definitely be paying, playing Prophecy Bingo with the 2024 prophecies. But I do think it's important that I go back through some of the more prominent ones and explain why this is not a word of the Lord. Uh, it, it's far from it. So we're going to start off the 2024 offering with a, a bit of numerological astrology and fortune telling by Troy Brewer, put forward in conjunction and partnership with Charisma Magazine. I wish I was making that up. I'm not. And I would note then, Charisma Magazine is not a lunatic fringe um, magazine in the charismatic movement. It's the heart and center of it. So when they get it this bad and this wrong, this just tells you the complete miserable condition that exists within the charismatic movement and the new apostolic reformation uh, because of their inability to stay within the bounds of scripture and follow after every pipe piper who claims that they've got a word of the Lord and can dazzle them with uh, pseudo profundity, which is exactly what... Um, uh, Troy Brewer does. He's known for his numerology and his numbers, and we're going to fact check them. And we're going to find um, some of the things he says are false, like like demonstrably false. And I'm not even good at math. In fact, if we were in the UK, we would say maths. I don't know why we say maths plural in the United Kingdom, but <laughs> so math or maths, either way, I'm, I'm just not that great at it. I am capable of doing math or maths, uh, <laughs> the plural form of math, uh, I, I'm capable of doing it, and uh, I was highly inspired to do it today uh, to fact-check Troy Bluer. Yeah, that, that's, not, that's, not, that's a pretty good blunder. Troy Bluer, he completely blew it. It's the best way I can put it. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's uh, whirl up the desktop, and we'll pull up the web browser. And I'm, I want to point something out to you here. So as of the recording of this episode of Fighting for the Faith, this is the front page of the website for charismanews.com. Uh, again, within the charismatic movement and the New Apostolic Reformation, this is not fringy. This is not lunatic fringy. This is the mainstream. And you're going to note there's the Charisma News logo over a video they produced and they put Troy Brewer on it and they want everybody to see it. It's at the top, top, top of their homepage. That being the case, uh, we'll note that um, this is, uh, it, Charisma believes that you want to know what's coming in 2024, which when I was growing up, the only people who were giving prophecies 
prophecies. Uh, they were actually considered predictions for upcoming years were astrologers and people in the occult in the New Age. I have no idea how anybody thinks that this is Christian or that God is speaking in any way, shape, or form through the practices of the occult and the astrologers, but that's the sad state of affairs within the charismatic movement. So let's take a look at the intro to this video. And uh, as of the time I recorded this, uh, over 46,000 views for their The Year of Signs, Miracles, and Wonders Troy Brewer 2024 video by Charisma News. And uh, let's just listen in to how they set this up. Troy Brewer, it's great to have you on Charisma News to be able to talk about what God is saying for the year 2024. Um, and I know... Now, note, the reason why he's on there is to talk about what God is saying for 2024. Um, I would note that uh, whatever Troy Brewer is saying here, that ain't the voice of God. Uh, this actually starts to get into forbidden practices. I'll explain it in a minute, but uh, let's continue. Well, that you are the numbers guy. Uh, you, you've got numbers that preach. And uh, that's right. Troy Brewer's the numbers guy. He's uh, got a notable book called Numbers That Preach. And um, and so this this is your expert, right? He better uh, turn out to be like statistically 100 percent on the things that he's claiming. Otherwise, is he really a numbers guy? Is, he, is this really the word of the Lord? Is this God speaking? Is this God's voice telling us what to expect in 2024? Uh, that is a, a book that is really uh, one of the things that you're kind of known by. And uh, so whenever I think about numbers and the Bible, Troy Brewer is somebody that I want to get to know what, you're, what God's speaking to you through this. So we're heading into the year 2024. So God, what God is speaking through numbers to Troy Brewer for 2024. Note. Everybody who's watching this is going, oh, I better take notes. This is what God is saying for 2024. I want to be prepared for what's coming in 2024. What is God saying to you, brother? All right. So what is God saying to you? Fast forward through some of the um, the pleasantries, and we'll get into now the uh, the claims of the numerology, numerological prophet Troy Brewer. God has given us a new year. And I think that if we're going to look into the year 2024, I think that we have to understand that 5784 on the Hebrew calendar is the year of the open door. And that 5784 is the year of the open door. So already we've got a problem, and that is, is that he's engaging in nonsense as it relates to, um, you know, the, the year of the Lord, talking about the Hebraic calendar. And I would note that the current calendar is completely compromised. How do I know? Well, I know. Uh, so we're going to go to, uh, we're going to look for a word. Um, we're going to look for Nissan. Hang on a second here. Not a book. I want uh, words and it's going to be all text. Uh, hang on a second here. I know. Um, Mm -mm -mm -mm. Have to think this out because I'm doing this off the off the cuff. Oh, Passover. Uh, so Exodus chapter 12. Yes, here we go. Exodus chapter 12. Uh, when searches do not work, employ memory. Memory as I get older starts to get weirder and fuzzier. But all that being said, um, the Passover is the uh, the beginning of the year for 
biblical um, worshipers of Yahweh. So we're going to make a distinction here. If you if you have to have to go back and watch the video I did regarding you know uh, true Israel and you know what to think of the current war in uh, in uh, in Gaza. All right, I, you know I actually laid this out very clearly. The religion that is believed by people of the Old Testament is not the same as Judaism today. Judaism today is the uh, religion of the Pharisees, which Christ makes clear has its origin in man-made nonsensory, st- non, yeah, non- nonsensus, n- nonsense stuff. <laughs> Trying to make up words on the fly and it's just not working. So that being the case, when you look at the Bible as to when the year begins, Exodus 12 says, Yahweh said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. And that's the month of Nisan, which uh, the uh, the Passover feast falls on, under. And so you'll note that the current Jewish practice of having uh, Rosh Hashanah at the, you know, the, the, that's the beginning of the, the head of the year in September, um, that's contrary to uh, Exodus 12. So already we got a problem, and that is is that Troy Brewer is making an emphasis on the year 5784, which is a rabbinic construction, not a biblical construction. And it's a Pharisaical construction. It was constructed by the Pharisees, this numbering system and the, these number years and things like this. This is not biblical. Not at all. And so to, to say that we're in the year 5784 is to basically bend the knee to Pharisaical Judaism, which is not the religion of the Old Testament. So already we're off to a bad start. So let me back up just to look at uh, just a second. Here we go. And so I think that God has given us a new year. And I think that if we're going to look into the year 2024, I think that we have to understand that 5784 on the Hebrew calendar is the year of the open door and that that overlays with 2024 in a tremendous way. And I'd like to, I'd like to take you through it. So are you ready to go? Absolutely. Let's do it. And I like how, again, just a reminder, Charisma News put this video out. Uh, f- uh, what, 57? And it's going to be an, an embarrassment for them in just a minute. And 84 is the year of the open door. And that's the name that God gave you for your church in, in, uh, in Texas. So it's the open door yeah, experience. I'm, so I think that's a really cool thing for you guys. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that it's the year of the open door because I am. The- wow. What a, what a prophetic coinkydink. It's, it's nonsense. Pastor of Open Door Church. But if you go back, if you look at the 84th verse of the Old Testament, it's... it's. So we're going to look at the 84th verse of the Old Testament. Why? Because 5784, okay? It's literally Abel at the altar. And the Lord told me that this is going to... Now, that's true. It's going to be in, in Genesis chapter 4. In fact, let me, let me point this out. I actually put a spreadsheet together. <laughs> I put a spreadsheet together to kind of fact check some of his stuff. And require, this required me to spend some time in, in, uh, in you know, like charts and things like this. But uh, in constructing these myself, so uh, we'll note there are 31 verses in chapter 1 of Genesis, 25 and 2, 24, in 3 and 26, in uh, 4. And when you get to the end of chapter 3, we're 81 verses in, so the uh, the so we only need three verses. So Genesis 4, 3 would be the 84th verse of the book of, of, the, of the Bible. And I would remind you all, the apparatus that we use 
for, uh, you know, that we've overlaid was not part of the original text. This is just a, a mechanism and, and put, to put together by people for the purposes of being able to locate portions of Scripture quicker. And, uh, and it's completely man-made. It is not inspired or anything like that. So what he's engaging in here is a form of fortune-telling. Uh, you know, have you ever sat down with a, a, a true astrologer? I mean, they're going to look at your birth date. They're going to look at all kinds of things regarding which things were in retrograde and things like that, and then work out your, your astrologicals, uh, you know, so that they can figure out what, what the coming season looks like for you based upon all those things. Troy Brewer is doing the exact same thing. And I would note that this is forbidden by God. Deuteronomy chapter 18 um, makes this very clear. Um, when you come into the land the Yahweh your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominable practices of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes. Okay, and so... Uh, we've got a problem here, uh, interprets, uh, tells fortunes, interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or a charmer, or a medium, or a necromancer, or one who inquires of the dead. Whoever does these things is an abomination to Yahweh. And because of these abominations, Yahweh your God is driving them out before you. You shall be blameless before Yahweh your God. So we got an absolute prohibition, and this falls under the, the general... Um, prohibition as it relates to taking God's name in vain, because here's the primary assumption. Primary assumption when you're engaging in something like this in a Christian context, which doesn't make any sense, is that God's voice is being heard there. When God's voice is heard where God promises his voice will be heard, and that's in the scriptures. Full stop, right? So Exodus 20, verse 7 says, you, not, you shall not take the name of Yahweh your God in vain, for Yahweh will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So Deuteronomy 18 is a subset then of Exodus 20 because God isn't speaking through astrology, through fortune telling, through numerology, which is a form of fortune telling. So the entire premise of all of this that Troy Brewer is engaging in, completely forbidden by God, and there is no place for this within bi biblical Christianity, which shows you that the, uh, the current charismatic movement, <laughs> completely disconnected in many ways from biblical Christianity and engaging in practices that are forbidden by God. All right, so he got he got uh, Genesis 4-3 correct, but now he's yeah, saying it, it, it has meaning for us. Let me back this up and listen again. I am the pastor of Open Door Church. But if you go back, if you look at the 84th verse of the Old Testament, it's, it's, it's literally Abel at the altar. And the Lord told me that this is going to be a year of the altered state, that we have to learn how to. So the Lord told you this is going to be the year of the altered state, playing on the word altered. Wow. That's just, no, God didn't tell you this because this practice that you're engaging in is not, is not permitted for Christians. So you'll note we, we have another issue. And that is, as Christians, we are admonished, legitimately admonished and commanded by God to determine the source of anybody claiming to be speaking prophetically for God. Uh, so 1 John 
chapter four, verse one, uh, basically says this, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Well, we can legitimately say already now that the spirit behind this 2024 prophecy is not God. That ain't God speaking because the practices and the assumptions are forbidden by God in his word. So we got some big problems here, but it's going to get worse for Troy Brewer, by the way. Just hang on. It gets worse. Live at the altar in the midst of the altered state. And then if you look at the 84th verse of the New Testament, it is Matthew 420. And it says it immediately. No, actually, it's not. Um, This is where it gets weird. Um, so, so when we look at the 84th verse of the New Testament, I actually kind of worked that out. There are 25 verses in Matthew 1, 23 and 2, 17 and 3, 25 and 4. So we'll note that by the time you get to the end of chapter 3, you are up to 65 verses, which means then that you are 19 verses short, uh, to, to get to the number 84 and it's Matthew 4. 19, not Matthew 4.20. So I have to ask the question here, um, is the Holy Spirit incapable of math? Is he not is he not competent in maths? Does he, I mean, why wouldn't the Holy Spirit, if he's not good at math, you know, get, you know, get somebody like me to put a spreadsheet together to fact check, to make sure so the Holy Spirit doesn't get egg on his face. Uh, so when we look at Matthew 4, 19, it says, and he said to them, Jesus said, follow me and I will make your fishers of men. That's the 84th verse of the New Testament. So we got a big problem here, and that is is that Troy Brewer is making a claim that is false, which then questions the entire credibility of this 2024 prophecy because he is claiming that God is speaking through this 84th verse when that would make the Holy Spirit, um, well, guilty of getting the math wrong. Hmm. Let me back it up. Listen again. State that we have to learn how to live at the altar in the midst of the altered state. And then if you look at the 84th verse of the New Testament, it is Matthew 420. And it says that immediately they left their nets and they followed him. So we have always been people that are asking God for suddenly. God is asking us for immediately. So note, he's, uh, he's attached a, a, a word from God to the 84th verse of the New Testament, which he got wrong. God's asking us for immediately. He's giving us a command. But now the question is, um, is you know, we've already asked the question, is the Holy Spirit not capable of fact-checking? So uh, we've got a problem here. This is a word from God, but God got it wrong He's giving us a word based upon your mathematical error, Troy Brewer. This doesn't make any sense at all. And talk about egg on your face. I mean, this is embarrassingly bad. You know, I was the Holy Spirit, and I, I'm sorry, but, you know, I, I got it wrong. I, I shouldn't have said that I'm asking for immediately uh, because of Matthew 4.20. It turns out it was Matthew 4.19, and... Oh, I'm so embarrassed by my inability to do math. But then again, you know, you know how weak I am. <clears throat> right. Okay. I need you to drop what you're doing and get with a new program. And so I preached that all throughout the year going into 5784. And then, of course, the 57, the 5784th verse, John, 
is a game changer. It's Deuteronomy 32, verse 25. Now that, fa- that actually checks out. Okay, so far. So that makes him two for three. Okay, so uh, I went and did a whole spreadsheet on, you know, kind of sorted this out. Book of Deuteronomy, took at the number, look at each chapter, number of verses, did a running subtotal. And, and no, Exodus, uh, if we were to kind of work this out, Genesis has 1,533 verses, Exodus 1,213, Leviticus 859, Numbers 1,289, which gives us a combined total for the first four books of the Bible of 4,894 verses. And then you just add that up with each with each chapter, you know, and get a running total. So you get it to Deuteronomy 32.25. So he got it right as far as, uh, you know, what is the 5,784. But watch what he's doing with this. Deuteronomy 32, and it's, was it 25? Yes. Okay. Deuteronomy 32.25. Outdoors, the sword shall bereave and indoors terror for young man and woman alike and nursing child with their man of gray hairs. This isn't talking, and watch what he does with this here, by the way. He's going to say it has to do with the attack in Gaza. But it doesn't. Listen, listen, keep, keep listening here. And it actually describes the events that happened on October the 7th in Israel. And uh, no, no, actually, it doesn't. It doesn't describe the events that took place in Israel. Okay. So what is Deuteronomy 32 about? Okay. So this, in fact, I have to back up in order to kind of get the bigger context. And... You know, so the song of Moses is uh, talking about Moses spoke words of the song until they were finished in the ears of the assembly of Israel. And this is this is a great passage, by the way. So one of the things that we know for a fact is that God works through means. And when God works through means, uh, that means that, uh, you know, his word is powerful. And so when you read like the the book of Judges, and there's, you know, and they start off well, and then they slip into sin and idolatry, and then and then they cry out to God for help, and then God hears them, and then God sends a judge, and the judge saves them because the judge is a savior, and and then everything resets, and then the story continues, and then they sin and go into idolatry, they they cry out to God, God hears them, God sends a judge who's a savior, and he rescues and delivers them, and then the cycle begins again. And so you're going to note that in Deuteronomy, this is a great passage, by the way. Um, It says this in Deuteronomy 31, Yahweh commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, and says, be strong and courageous for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you. Uh, And then Moses had finished writing the words of this law in a book to the very end. And Moses commanded the Levites who carry the ark of the covenant of Yahweh, take this book of the law and put it by the side of the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh your God, that it may be there for a witness against you. But I know how rebellious and stubborn you are. Behold, even today, while I am yet alive with you, you have been rebellious against Yahweh. How much more after my death? So assemble to me all the elders of your tribes and your officers that I may speak these words in their ears and call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death you will surely act corruptly and turn aside from the way 
that I have commanded you. In the days to come, evil will befall you because you will do what is evil in the sight of Yahweh, provoking him to anger through the works of your hands. So then Moses spoke the words of the song until they were finished in the years of the assembly of Israel. So knowing that the, how stubborn they were, then there's this song that becomes like the hit song of, of the time of Moses that the people of Israel learned and sang and would have become part of the fabric of their culture at the time. So here's what here are the lyrics of the song. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak, and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. May my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, like gentle rain upon the tender grass, like showers upon the herb. For I will proclaim the name of Yahweh, ascribe greatness to our God. The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. They have dealt corruptly with him. They are no longer his children because they are blemished. They are a crooked and twisted generation. Do you thus repay Yahweh, you foolish and senseless people? Is not he your father who created you and you and who made you and established you? So note the song is designed to as they hear it again, to call them to repentance. This is part of the soundtrack of the book of Judges. So remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father and he will show you, your elders, and he will tell you. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed borders of the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. But Yahweh's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted heritage. He found him in a desert land and in the howling waste waste of the wilderness. He encircled him. He cared for him. He kept him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them, bearing them up on his pinions. Yahweh alone guided him. No foreign god was with him. He made him ride on the high places of the land, and he ate the produce of the field, and he suckled him with honey out of the rock, and oil out of the flinty rock, curds from the herd, and milk from the flock, with fat of lambs, rams of Bashan, the goats with the very finest of the wheat, and you drank foaming wine made from the blood of the grape. But Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You grew fat, stout, and sleek, and then he forsook God who made him and scoffed at the rock of his salvation. They stirred him to jealousy with strange gods, with abominations. They provoked him to anger. They sacrificed to demons that were no gods, to gods they had never known, to new gods that had come recently whom your fathers had never dreaded. You were unmindful of the rock that bore you, and you forgot the God who gave you birth. Yahweh saw it and spurned them because of the provocation of his sons and daughters, and he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end will be, for they are a perverse generation, children in whom is no faithfulness. They have made me jealous with what is no God, they have provoked me to anger with their idols, so I will make them jealous with those who are no people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. For a fire is kindled in my anger, and it burns to the depths of Sheol, devours the earth and its increase, and sets on fire the foundations of the mountains. And you can see what's going on here in this song, which again becomes part of the the soundtrack of the book of Judges. Uh, Know the context of your scripture. Then this song 
is confronting them with their idolatry, which was a constant and habitual problem in the book of Judges. So, and I will heap disasters upon them. I will spend my arrows on them, God says. They shall be wasted with hunger and devoured by plague and poisonous pestilence. I will send the teeth of beasts against them. And with the venom of things that crawl on the dust, outdoors the sword shall bereave and indoors terror. For the young man and woman alike, the nursing child with the man of the gray hairs, I would have said I would cut them to pieces. I will wipe them from human memory. I Had I not feared provocation by the enemy, lest their adversaries should be misunderstood, lest they should say our hand is triumphant. It was not Yahweh who, it, it, it was not the, it, it was not Yahweh who did all of this, for they are a nation void of counsel. There is no understanding in them. And you'll note, I've already read verse 25. This is not in the context of Hamas attacking the modern state of Israel. This is in the context of God exacting judgments and punishments on the ancient theocracy of Israel for the sin of idolatry. Yep. So when Troy Brewer says that this is this text is about what happened in October in Israel of 2023, that's a lie. That's not what this passage is about at all. He's hijacked it from its context. Let's keep reading, though, because this is an interesting um, song. For they are a nation void of counsel. There is no understanding in them. If they were wise, they would understand this. They would discern their latter end. How could one have chased a thousand and two have put ten thousand to flight unless their rock had sold them and Yahweh had given them up? For their rock is not as our rock. Our enemies are by themselves. For their vine comes from the vine of Sodom and from the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of poison. Their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the poisonous poison of serpents and the cruel venom of asps. One has to wonder, what, the, what did the tune sound like to the song? Is not this laid up in store with me, sealed up in my treasuries? Vengeance is mine and recompense for the time when their foot shall slip, for the day of their calamity is at hand and their doom comes swiftly. For Yahweh will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants when he sees that their power is gone and there is none remaining bond or free. Now you start to see a little bit of a hint of God relenting and and then pardoning them and restoring them. Then he will say, where are their gods, the rock in which they took refuge, who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offering? Let them rise up and help you. Let them be your protection. See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God beside me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand, for I lift up my hand to heaven and swear as I live forever. If I sharpen my flashing sword and my hand takes hold on judgment. I will take vengeance on my adversaries and I will repay those who hate me. I will make my arrows drunk with blood and my sword shall devour flesh with the blood of the slain and the captives from the long-haired heads of the enemy. So rejoice with him, O heavens. Bow down to him, O gods, for he avenges the blood of his children and takes vengeance on his adversary and he repays those who hate him and cleanses his people's land." So, yeah, if you want to read more about the context of this, I'd recommend reading this portion of the book of Deuteronomy. But you'll note that Deuteronomy 32.25 has nothing to do with the attack of Hamas in October of 2023. So, Troy Brewer has hijacked this passage using his 
numerological, astrological, fortune-telling methods, which are actually forbidden in Scripture. It's claiming that this is the voice of God. 784th verse, John is a game changer. It's Deuteronomy 32, verse 25, and it actually describes the events that happened on October the 7th in Israel. No, it describes God's judgment against the theocracy of Israel in the time of the judges for their uh, for their idolatry. And it says, in, in the street, the sword will make them childless. In their homes, terror will reign. The young men and the young women shall perish, and the infants and those with gray hair. Now, that is a perfect description mm. of October 7th in the Hamas. Uh, no, it's not. You're engaging in the Bible-twisting technique known as eisegesis. You're reading October 7th into this text. But when you read it in context, it has nothing to do with October 7th, 2023. A terrorist attack. And that is a 5,784th verse. Now, going into the year 2024, the overlay of that is this. The number 24 is a number that's related to priesthood, and it's a number that is related... Now, here's where a whole bunch of mathematical blunders are going to start to show up in mass. We've already noted one major one. There's more coming. To uh, the encirclement of God's camp or the throne of Jesus himself being in the midst of people. So how is that? Wow. Well, the word lamb appears in the book of Revelation exactly 24 times, and it's always associated with the throne of Jesus. Revelation. Uh, let's check that out. So we can fact check this. Okay, so I just did a quick search for the word lamb in the book of Revelation, and it shows up 20, <laughs> there are 27 verses in which it shows up. Huh. All right, so what about if I just look for the word for lamb in Greek, in the book of Revelation, okay? So, same thing. It shows up 20 in 27 verses. Well, that's embarrassing. He said it shows up exactly 24 times. That ain't true. It's 27 in, in the ESV. Do, do you think the Holy Spirit is incapable of math? I have to keep coming back to this question. Do you think the Holy Spirit doesn't know how many times the word lamb appears in the book of Revelation? So you're making a big to-do, claiming that God is speaking through the number 24, and then you throw out and you say that the, that the word lamb in the book of Revelation appears 24 times. How many times does the word doofus appear in, in, you know, in your personal day planner? Because this is not God speaking, and you just, I mean, seriously, dude, anybody with a piece of Bible software and, you know, and knows how to do a search can fact check you and find out that this is false. That's the second major thing that you said that actually turned out to not be true in this numerological prophecy that you claim God is giving and speaking for the year 2024. And I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth and under the sea, all of them saying to him who sits upon the throne and the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. So there's 24 lambs in the book of Revelation attached to the throne. And then there's 24 elders that also surround the throne. So what we find is the theme in the word of God prophetically with the number 24 many times associated with a throne room scene. So the- <laughs> This is nonsense. 24 lambs? Where did you get that? Judgment of God is a big deal. The authority of the Lord is a big deal. Worship is extremely big. Um, John, the number 12 is a number that represents perfect government. So we have a... So, so now we're into another number, 12. 12 and a 12, which equals 24. And it has to do with the manifold government of God with King Jesus himself seated, uh, seated up on the throne. 
So I was looking this up this morning, uh, knowing I was going to talk to you. And I just thought, I need to look up the word judge. And I found that the word judge is found 24 times in the New Testament. Really? The word judge only appears 24 times in the New Testament. And you just checked that this morning. Well, all right. So I did a little bit of a word search. Okay. How many times does the word judge appear in the New Testament? Answer, 48. Now, I decided, you know, may, maybe I, I, I should, th th this was unfair. Okay. <laughs> this is unfair because, you know, it's just too easy to look for judge. Because you're going to note there's, there's a judge, you know, that's a noun. And then there's judge, which is a verb. So I thought I would go ahead and just do a search for how many times the Greek word for judge, uh, talking about the noun version of it, um, shows up in the New Testament. Answer, 17. And then if we were to do uh, krino, which is the, um, the, uh, the verb version of judge, but here's the thing, it doesn't always mean judge. Uh, you know, crino can actually mean a few things, judge being one of them. That word appears 98 times in the New Testament. <laughs> so in baseball, you get three strikes and you're out. You know, don't you remember the song, take me out to the ball game, take me out to the crowd, buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I ever get back. For its root, root, root for the Dodgers. <laughs> if they don't win, it's a shame. For its one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. That's a little bit of numbers for you, right? Um, that being the case, uh, this is strike three. <laughs> this is strike three for Troy Brewer in this numerological 2024 uh, prophecy. Uh, so just kind of, you know, work this out again here. So he definitely got Matthew 4, 19 wrong. He claimed Matthew 4, 20 was the 84th verse of the New Testament. He got that wrong. Um, then, then we got this, you know, these words regarding, you know, how many times the word lamb appears. Well, lamb appears 27 times in the book of Revelation in both the English and in the Greek. That he said it was 24. And then he says, judge, the word judge appears 24 times in the New Testament. No, it doesn't. It appears 48 times in the ESV. And that's both the noun and the verb form. The, the, the noun form of the Greek word for judge is found 17 times in the New Testament. The verb form of judge is found 98 times in the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this guy... This isn't from God. This guy is a flat-out deceiver. Now, I, I know that Troy Brewer, he, he, makes, he makes a big to-do about the fact that he's taking the monies that are being brought into his ministry to go out there and fight human trafficking. And so people would say, he's, he's got good character. I would note that when we only look at one aspect of God's law. Remember this, that God's law has commandments related to our relationship with God. 
And we also have commandments that deal with our relationship with each other. So that being the case, we can't say somebody has good character if they're doing things only on the horizontal plane, but the vertical, they are disobeying God. Anybody who deceives in God's name and takes God's name in vain the way Troy Brewer is doing is guilty of sinning against God himself. And their character is not good because they're breaking commandments related to the first table of the law, the, the, the table related to our worship of the one true God. Yeah, so it's good that he's, uh, you know, helping people and regarding human trafficking. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good work. But that doesn't, that doesn't cover up the fact that he's absolutely lying and deceiving here and breaking commandments related to the first table of the law and breaking them badly. We continue. So there you have wow. Jesus, the righteous judge. And I, I have to tell you before we go any further with this, brother, God was not caught by surprise on October the 7th and how it, how it changed the world. It literally changed the world. Um, he's, I want to tell you, he saw every single bit of that and he still sees today. Mm-hmm. It is so important that you and I, as people of God, that we remain kingdom people, that we remain loyal, that we remain faithful, and that uh, Jesus is... A- How do you remain faithful and loyal when you're lying in your numerological prophecies and engaging in a practice forbidden by scripture? Hmm? In fact, our king. So in 2024, John, um, we see that God is judging from his throne and those who have passed the test. So important that we pass the test. Uh, God. Oh, great. It's finals week. I didn't even know. God is literally handing out to the faithful, to the loyal. He's handing out supernatural blessings commands, permissions, and upgraded authority for- Get a prophecy bingo card. None of this is from God. God isn't saying any of these things. The time to come. The Lord is literally upgrading people that have qualified. And I think that just since 2020, man, we've had to- Oh, if you qualify, you get an upgrade this year. Wow. Woo. Qualify for some things. We've had to decide to be loyal. We've had to be faithful to get through some things. And I see God Almighty bringing tremendous upgrade in the year 2024, and it's all connected with his throne. It's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, it's really, it's really fascinating. I I love how what's fascinating is that Charisma Magazine didn't fact check. This guy got three things factually wrong in this numerological prophecy of his, and he's engaging in a practice forbidden by scripture. This isn't the voice of God. And that that Charisma Magazine is complicit. They, They are an accomplice in this crime of blaspheming God's name and giving, putting words in God's mouth that he is not speaking, that he did not say for 2024. Unbelievable. It's, it's again, the deplorable state of affairs within um, the charismatic movement is repulsive. This calls for repentance. Troy Brewer is a false prophet. He is a false teacher. These are false words. He is breaking the command, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, and doing so on the Charisma Magazine platform. They're participating in this. So... Yeah. What should we do with this? Flush it down the toilet. Mark and avoid. Have nothing to do with Troy Brewer. He's a deceiver. And not only that, I have to wonder if he's factually a liar. Because how long would it have taken him to actually search to find out how many times certain words showed up in the book of Revelation, like lamb, and how many times the word judge showed up? He said he'd fact check it before. He's just making stuff up, and he's been caught red-handed lying 
about God and blaspheming his name, putting words in his mouth that he hasn't spoken. So hopefully you found this helpful. If so, all the information on how you can share the video is down below in the description. And I want a quick shout out to those of you who support us financially. You make it possible for us to keep doing what we're doing here at Fighting for the Faith. If you don't already support us financially, just there's a link down below that'll take you to our website and you can join our crew and sign up for you know monthly support to support Fighting for the Faith so that we can keep doing what we're doing. And I want to thank you, every one of you that does that. So until next time, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen. Amen.